On this week's episode of Friend Code, we're talking about Metroid Prime 4 rumors, more Switch Online details, and it's Star Fox's birthday! Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani, and today I'm joined by Mike Huber. Happy birthday, Fox McCloud! Happy birthday, Fox McCloud! <laughs> Do a barrel roll! <laughs> Remind me of your father, Fox. <laughs> Trying to be peppy here there. Daniel Bloodworth. Hey. How's it going? We got a bunch of good stuff to talk about on this week's episode. But before we do that, this is my first formal <laughs> correction segment. Uh, we kind of done it in various degrees of earnesty in the past. But uh, a few things I didn't get correct on the last episode. I said that the sales, when I brought up Switch Beat Wii U's lifetime sales, I said it happened by the end of last month, January 2018. Actually happened by the end of December 2017. Mm. Ooh, so it didn't even sooner than that. Which Jeez. also meant that, gotta give some more kudos to Xenoblade Chronicles 2, because yeah. it reached 1 million in sales in just a month. And it's also the fastest selling Xeno uh, game, as well as now mm. the best selling one. Um, Xenoblade game, right? Is that overall? Or? Uh, definitely Xenoblade. Uh, when I double-checked, it said Xeno series. Like fa- it's fast yeah, to Yeah, I selling. believe that. I believe uh, it. I mean, it could be. It's just, yeah, it's a, I don't I th- know. Yeah, I thought Gears that's what beat people it, actually but talking about. when I double-checked it, but like, there's not real accurate Gears data. Right. So yeah. that's why I'm a little iffy, but it's definitely fast to selling. We got that part. Uh, when I talked about the Nintendo Classic games being available on Switch's online service, mm. when we brought up the September release date for it, uh, I brought up the original uh, details where you get a game for a month for free and then it might go away. Uh, Nintendo definitely since then had revised that to saying it'd be like other online services, subscription services, where you keep they're only they first become available on that month as long as you keep paying, you keep them. Um, like but, PS Plus. Yes, basically yeah. just like that. Whether or not that holds true when it comes to the final details, which we'll be discussing in a little bit when those might be coming. Still remains to be seen, but as of now, that holds true for mm-hmm. for for now. Uh, Charles Marty Nate has totally spoken full lines of dialogue before. <laughs> I, I made a, a remark about like I'm not really sure how much like full voice work he's done, other than like a line here and there and like some like Do you noises. Mean Mario and stuff. or just in general for Mario for Mario oh, okay. and other Mario characters. So because we we're talking about the Mario movie and whether or not he would be qualified to do oh, the voice of Mario. Yeah. To- yes, totally. The, he's done voice work for, for Mario. Yeah, uh, plus a ton of other games. And then, yes, yeah. beyond Mario, he's done a lot of other voice work. So that is the end of our, our corrections. That's not too bad, Damian. Yeah, not, not, not too bad. Good start. Uh, before we jump into our news topics, we have a new segment. We started it last episode, but this is the first time you two get to play it. What's tops on the eShop? <laughs> What's tops? So you hear that noise? I'm booting up that eShop wow. right now. And these two are going to have to guess what are in the top three spots under the, come on, bestsellers. Bestsellers. Going to bestsellers right now. Is that bestsellers all time or like in this it's just, moment? Just, it's just by like whatever metric. current rank is. Yeah. So current rank. So I have one through six on my screen, but you only get to guess one through three. So Huber, you first. What do you think are any of the, like, in, uh, what are the top three? doesn't have to be in any order. For this part, just pick what are in the top three. Steam World Dig Two. Okay. Mario Kart. Okay, so neither of you are right. <laughs> so they're Damn not. Neither of those are even in the top three. <sighs> so keep going again. Uh, I'll give you one more try before I give you any hints. Okay. Doom. Nope. Ah. 
Celeste. No. No, oh, I thought that was a sure one. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to do the number two one because I think giving away one or three will spoil the rest. Number two one is a Switch port. So it's a port of a game that... Skyrim. No. Okay. Throwing out all the heavy hitters. <laughs> um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It's not a Switch What? Port. Like, let me clarify. It's a game that exists on another platform that was ported to Switch. So I'll clarify. It's open to either of you just to chime in at this point. It is a big release. Like, hugely successful title. So Blow is on the right path of Skyrim. It came out close to the proximity of Skyrim on Switch. Oh. It is hugely popular on PC. Super hot. Nope. Is that even... No, I don't, I don't even know. As online, <laughs> online play is probably its biggest focus. Uh, Rocket League? Yeah, Bing! Just there he goes. That's, nice. that's, that's, so Blood's got one of them. So that's, that's one to Blood. So in number three spot, this is also a Switch port, but it's only been on a handful. Uh, has it been, no, I think it's been on every. Sorry. It had a recent release. Most recent release was on PC. It originally came out on 360. Originally came out on 360 and then was ported. And so, uh, Bayonetta. That's number one. Bingo. Boom. That's number one. Yeah. So, Bayonetta 1 is the number one best selling game right now. Bayonetta so, 2. That's <laughs> 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 yes. okay. But Bloodworth got two of them. So, that's why I said, like, whoever got this one, pretty much. So, yes. Number one is, uh, I said three spot. It's actually number one spot. I got that wrong. But number one spot, Bayonetta. Bloodworth got that. Number two is Rocket League. Bloodworth got that, and Huber piggybacked on number three, Bayonetta 2. Tell me, honey, number three spot. Have you seen what the Bowser stuff in Bayonetta? <laughs> yes, I have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need, I need to play it now. Huber needs it I now. Know. It's, uh, it's like r- right at the end of the game, right? Yeah, yeah. it's right at the end. Uh, Celeste is number four. Uh, number five mm. is a returner from last week. Uh, this, well, this won't change the outcome, but I'll give you just one guess. Is a classic classic arcade game a nintendo arcade game you would think this game would be should rather be on the virtual console service than had just been released as a standalone game um is that the mario brothers versus yes okay nice number five it was in last time we did this it was in top three (laughs) it's selling pretty well and in six stardew valley so that that's gonna wrap it up for this segment of tops on the eShop. so kudos Mr. Daniel Bloodworth on that. Congratulations. <laughs> Fun stuff. It's hard because it's like even though I like read all those emails, it's like you get on the spot, it's like, what came out last week? I know, Bayonetta, dude. I should have known. Uh, we got some topics to discuss. Some fun Let's do stuff. It. Let's do it. Just as fun as the game. Have you played through Bayonetta's one and two? I, I've played through both of them, but nice. now on Switch yet. Cool. I uh, got that's yeah, also I'm like, I, I gotta do that too. I gotta like stream some of that. I oh, played Bayonetta two last year, um, and I only played through a bit of Bayonetta 1 in the Japanese version. Nice. Nice. Second chances. Yeah, I played Bayonetta 1 on 360, I believe, originally when it came out. Tried it on PC for a little bit, and Wii U for Bayonetta 2. Imported, nice. actually, Bayonetta 2. We did a stream back in game trailers for mm. that with uh, Maximilian, dude, nice. actually, at the time. 
and, and speaking of Bana, that's actually our first topic. Perfect. I want to talk about the tweets, a series of tweets that Hideki Kamiya put out recently that covered the full story of how Bayonetta 1 through 3 came to be. He's been chatty on Twitter. He's been, oh, yeah. yes. Very Love chatty. This. Very chatty. Resident Evil 2 insights, now Bayonetta. I'm going to give you the synopsis here, and I got a question for both of you. So these are Kamiya's words. Uh, he, I got something I want to tell you all. It's about Bayonetta 3. <laughs> we are a developer that creates games by signing contracts to publishers and receiving funds from them in order to cover development costs. For Bayonetta 1, we signed a contract with Sega and received fun, funds from them. Then we proposed a design for the game and entered production. All the rights belong to Sega. At the time, our company had only just been established, and we weren't properly equipped for multi-platform development. So after discussing with Sega, we decided to develop the game exclusively for Xbox 360. However, after that, one of Sega's trading partners ended up making a port for PS3 at Sega's behest. More recently, they also decided that a Steam version should be developed, which was released last year. Sega owns the rights to all these versions of the game. I think that was pretty much known. Uh, when we started making Bayonetta 2, we initially received funds from Sega to develop the game for multiple platforms. But the project was halted due to circumstances at Sega. I think this is around the time the the, the restructuring was going on. The oh, prelude okay. to the Atlas purchase. Sega Sammy. Yeah, yeah, there was like some... There was some concern there at the time. Nintendo then stepped in to continue funding the game, allowing us to finish it. As such, the rights belong to both Sega and Nintendo. The rights owners, both plural, decided that the game should be made for Wii U. Nintendo was also kind enough to fund a port of Bayonetta 1 for Wii U, and they even allowed us to use the Japanese voice track we created exclusively for the Wii U version in the PC version of Bayonetta 1 as well. Easy Alliance. So Nintendo Easy allows for their assets to be used in a different version. Uh, I'm extremely thankful to Nintendo for funding the game and Sega for allowing them to use the Bayonetta IP. As for Bayonetta 3, it was decided from the start that the game was going to be developed using Nintendo's funding. Without their help, we would not have been able to kick off this project. All the rights still belong to Sega and Nintendo. The rights owners decided that the game should be made for Switch. So game development is a business. Each company has its own circumstances and strategies. Sometimes this means games get made. Sometimes it means they get canceled. Wonder what that's referencing. Shots. Right <laughs> Shots. But I believe that every single person involved is dedicated to delivering the best possible experience. I know that to me at least, that's one of the biggest goals when I set to work. Uh, then more gratitude towards Bayonetta 3 and look forward to it. So here's my question to both of you. Mm-hmm. Have either of you ever been even remotely bothered by the fact that Bayonetta 2 or 3 is exclusive to Nintendo platforms? No. No. You were never, like, not even for a moment. That stuff never, ever bothers me. My first allegiance will always be to the games themselves. Nice. Period. Wherever it may wind up. Now, do do I always hope that... I guess I guess it's, it's kind of my, yeah, it's kind of my follow up question it's, is uh, it's kind of different now because back in the day when everything was on 3ds I would always hope that it would be on a console but we don't really have to worry about that at this moment because of the switch and everything gotcha so yeah that makes I, sense it, it, other than that it, it never bothers me sound like the same from you both yeah uh, I think one thing that's um, pretty cool though is that um, the Platinum like really has their focus on delivering the kind of experience that they want. 
so they have the technical chops to make sure it's like no if we're making this game this game is going to run at 60 frames per second you know it doesn't matter if it's the wii u or the switch or whatever like that's going to be our priority like we want 60 frames per second combat that's what's going to have mm-hmm. and it's it i think only cutscenes aren't 60 frames per second in mm-hmm. and bayonetta games and most of platinum's games in general mm-hmm. uh, it's always gameplay is 60 I'm going to ask you a hard question. It's not okay. a really fair question, I would say, but it's okay. hard. I'm ready. Because I think this is the, the, the reaction question. Okay. So I want you to be honest. Would you Always. prefer Bayonetta 2 or 3 to have been on another platform? Like, ignore creator's intent. Like, just which platform would you... Like, let's just keep it a Bayonetta 3. Which platform would you rather be playing Bayonetta 3 on? If it's Switch, so be it. But, like, do you, would you, like, rather... Like, like, if you had it your yeah, way. Yeah, like... Bayonetta 2, for me, is like a 10 out of 10 game, pretty much, so no complaints, and you know my disdain for the Wii U, you know, so, yeah, I mean, Switch, I guess, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I think it goes back to my previous response toward, like, they do such a good job with what they have, that it's like, sure, I could imagine it would be better on more powerful hardware, but it's it's hard to say like like I don't feel like I'm 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 losing anything yeah. by it being on you know like they they've really like made that so it's like yeah this is a great game I don't have to feel like you know this will really be a lot better was, you know like kind of like Doom you know yeah. like like Doom looks great and plays great mm-hmm. on the Switch but it's like clear how much better it is on another system it's mm-hmm. clear that like you're getting you know the trade off there whereas like I don't feel like you know, right off the bat, like, you know, how much better would it be on a PS4, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what, yeah. that's what, how I feel. I think I need to see gameplay, too. You know, we saw the sick cutscene where, like, the thing, like, gets cut in oh, half for three. and everything. Yeah, yeah. But oh, yeah. I, I, I think I need to see gameplay before I can fully comment on it. But as of right now, gotcha. totally on Switch. Totally Yeah, cool. speaking just for Bayonetta, too. It's just, like, I don't know how much more, fidel- like, better fidelity would have done for me with that game. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it just almost seems trivial at the at the point for what actually makes that game so good yeah like i don't need yeah. resolution with bayonetta i just as long as it's 60 frames you know if they came out with the switch version and they were like 30 frames sorry then that would be the right. biggest bummer and it'd be like all right come on put this on xbox well, what, or what's PC funny though or is like there's so much action and that high frame rate going on in bayonetta and bayonetta 2 that the game is almost unstreamable like streams can't handle it (laughs) it just like turns into this big mess of pixels that you can't see because you have to have an insane bit rate 120 frames (laughs) we need 120 frames baby crank it (laughs) yeah <laughs> the motion it looks gorgeous in person, but you man, you start streaming. It's yeah. like, man, what what can I do? Like, I just, I need to like go to some other <laughs> someone with like a crazy internet pipe. Yeah. yeah. In terms of uh, just to go back to the question of like, oh, what do you hope things are on? Right now, I in the back of my mind and in the d- depths of my heart, I'm always like, oh, you know, I do want it to be on PS4 because that's where all my friends are. I love trophies, so it has that infrastructure, which I'm like. I intimately guess. attached to but for bayonetta 3 you know given the history on wii u with bayonetta 2 and i haven't seen any gameplay yet like it doesn't matter and it's probably a single player game i know 2 had some weird co-op but yeah never really mess around i never mess with that stuff either. yeah i never really mess around with that and stuff, plus so. they just 
they were so creative and they needed so much crazy Nintendo stuff in there that like Nintendo yeah, let yeah, you do this. You wanted to, that's what yeah. I was going to ask. Like, yes. you wanted, like Nintendo has done, a, I thought Nintendo's done a good job incentivizing people to like convince them to come over to this. Get that Peach costume. Because the hard sell I get. The hard sell is if you bought another console ex- originally expecting a Bayonetta 2, Bayonetta 2 ever did happen, mm-hmm. it was going to come to a, a PlayStation or Xbox console. And when it came to a Nintendo console, you're like, wait a second. I never, I didn't see that coming. You caught mm-hmm. me. But that's the reality now. You should know better. Like, if a Bayonetta 3 was ever going to happen, it was going to be on a Nintendo console yeah. at this point. Uh, I, I think they'll have such a good relationship. But, yeah, like, Nintendo incentivizing with, like, hey, like, here's some extras we can give you because it's on Nintendo exclusive. Bowser stuff, like yeah. Peach's outfit, like <laughs> the Star Fox tribute level. Like, that was, like, he plays the R-Wing. I, I expect more of that stuff in Bayonetta 3. Yeah. And that's kind of like I want to wrap this up on is asking you both uh, – we saw Bayonetta 1 and 2 charting in the top three of the best sellers right now in the eShop. Yeah. So Bayonetta definitely has the recognition and kind of looks like it has sales power. Is Bayonetta 3 going to be like a huge release for Nintendo? Like, will, yeah. like, is it going to be like a system seller, do you feel? I think so. I mean, when you compare it to Nintendo sellers, like, what we, like when you're going over those sales reports, like the fact that some of those 3DS games are still selling the way that they are, like, wow. <laughs> Uh, I I forgot about stuff like Mario 3D Land a long time ago, and it's just selling like it's a brand new game. Uh, but uh, but I feel like Bayonetta 3 could very much be in the same boat as Xenoblade Chronicles 2. For like, okay, people know how much everyone talked about the first two games, and so this like you get all those fans plus the people that are like, oh, now I've got a Switch, I can jump in on this Bayonetta yeah. thing. Mm. I feel like more people are gaming than ever before. Like I don't know, I don't have that's just conjecture. I don't have hard numbers on that. But you look at okay. you look at um, Yakuza, Catching Fire, and Xenoblade Chronicles two. You look at all the and Monster Hunter World. You look at all these franchises that have had sequels that are selling better than ever because people are just diving in and discovering things for the first time. So I think putting one and two on Switch, getting people that caught up, oh, yeah. is a big, big thing to to help drive sales for three. I think three is going to be massive. Sure. We're going to make my bold prediction. Dante, the m- playable character. Dante. Let's go, okay. Bayonetta we Cross. Just, Dante. No. We just immediately outdid Come my bold on, prediction. No. I was just going to say that Bayonetta three is going to sell more than <laughs> is going to sell faster and more than Xenoblade Chronicles <laughs> two do, did in the same time span. Yeah. Like I was saying, a month's time. Full month, Bayonetta 3 will move more copies. I can see that. Humor blew it out of the water with Dante is <laughs> going to be in there. Dante exclusive to Bayonetta 3 on Switch. We kind of make it happen. Kami is so down. He talks about it. He's like, dude, I would love that. I, well, you know what? Nothing would surprise me with Kami. <laughs> Nothing would surprise yeah. me. Like, that's that's a realistic expectation. Don't cry HD collection coming on PS4 pretty soon. March. Yeah. March, yeah. yeah next I know. month. Ta- again, talking about which system you want things on, it's like... Bayonetta, switch. yeah, Bayonetta three. I we haven't seen it, and we haven't seen any Devil May Cry five. But what if Devil May Cry five comes out and it's on the big console, you know, PS five and stuff, and it just looks way better? Will you be disappointed for Bayonetta three at that point? Depends what they do with the game. Yeah, like what they're trying to do gameplay wise, like doesn't necessitate the those visuals, <laughs> like the environments and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of on your boat. I need to see it before I can yeah. fully make that mm-hmm. uh, decision. Yeah. Uh, I, I, my gut says to maybe for Del May Cry, it might lean towards a different console. Mm-hmm. Bayonetta has proven itself on Switch, so I don't worry about that whatsoever. Cool. But we'll, we'll still have to see. Um, but yeah, Bayonetta, Bayonetta 3. Expect to see more about that 
At least by E3. If not, maybe sooner. Who knows? Next up, Juicy Rumors. Still developing. Uh, this was covered on the Easy A podcast last week, but neither of you were on it. So this is the first time you get to hear any of us talk about it. Great. And it's very Nintendo-centric, so we definitely need to cover mm. it. So last week, uh, the original rumor, if you might not remember, this has to do with Metroid Prime 4's studio. Okay. Uh, there was a LinkedIn profile that had a, a, a listing for basically like first-person shooter for Nintendo for Switch. Mm. And everyone just exclusive first-person shooter adventure for Switch. Everyone jumped. It was for uh, Bandai Namco Singapore. Uh, and everyone just assumed and speculated that could possibly be Metroid Prime. Uh, 4, which was announced last year at E3, E3 2017. Uh, for those who don't know, Singapore, uh, Bandai Namco Singapore Studio, uh, houses a lot of former LucasArts uh, talent that worked on the ambitious but canceled Star Wars thirteen thirteen oh, project. That one, that one will um, forever sting. Eurogame, oh. yeah, Eurogamer followed up on this rumor, wrote their own article, and said that they'd heard from sources that yes, this is indeed the case that Bandai Namco Singapore is handling development for Metro Prime Four. However, last week Eurogamer updated their article with some new information. Essentially, they said that while Bandai Namco Singapore was originally working on Metro Prime Four. Development has since shifted over to their Japanese studio. So Bandai Namco in Japan is now helming the project, while the Singapore studio is working on another title for Switch that isn't Metroid Prime 4. Um, And remember, the original rumor about uh, Singapore working on Metroid Prime 4 also included that Ridge Racer 8 would be a Switch exclusive, because it was also found in a LinkedIn profile. So, for all these juicy rumors, at this point, do you think... That's weird. Ridge Racer is supposed to come out at launch, guys. That's, yeah. That's that's the Ridge Racer way. Yeah. Come out at launch with a subpar game. <laughs> it's been away for a while. Everyone will buy it, and then realize, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I had that with the PSP Ridge Racer. Oh. I was like, I want this so bad, and bought it. I was like, oh. PSP Ridge Racer. <laughs> yeah. E, Rough. That. At this point, my question is, do you think Bandai Namco, are they involved in any way with Metroid Prime 4? Um... How would you react to the confirmation that, like, this rumor is true? That Bandai Namco Japan is the lead developer on Metroid Prime 4? Um, does that would it make you excited or that make you worried? Um, and to kind of, like, explain why I'm asking that is because mm. Metroid Prime series, formerly developed by Retro Studios, was a landmark release or landmark yeah. trilogy known for not only capturing the essence of Metroid... But being in a phenomenal first-person shooter-style mm. game, but like to me, just real quick, I don't know anyone at Bandai Namco who could do that. Like sure. nothing's leaping out at me, so I don't. That doesn't instill me with faith. But the question is directed at you. Do, do either of you feel like who you know this is gonna work out? Who did Federation Force? Oh, oh that was the guys that did uh, Luigi's Mansion too. Okay, that's next level games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean. I always like when the the studios that, you know, make the landmark title continue on and do the sequels. Like, it is weird when sequels get shipped off to, to other places. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of alarming to me. Uh, but I'm not going to write it off. Like, it's clearly... We haven't seen anything. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen anything. And clearly someone at Nintendo has yeah. the confidence... Right. In Bandai Namco to take the lead on this. Very this, good point. Like, and I don't think they'd want to mess around at all with their, their Metroid. Yeah. Uh, they have a good working relationship, mm-hmm. Nintendo and Bandai Namco. 
the Nintendo trusted so much that they gave a significant portion of Smash Brothers to them. Yeah, that were under Sakurai supervision. That's the biggest yeah. thing that they've worked on, right? I, with Nintendo, with Nintendo, yeah, yeah. We're using their IP and stuff. Yes, I, yeah. Star Fox Assault was kind of like it looked good, but yeah, it didn't play great. That and wasn't there's too like, much foot stuff. Correct. I want to call that a quality release <laughs> yeah. from, from them. Yeah, like have they ever had a shot at something this big? Like that—that's what's exciting to me is like Blue Point Games. You know, they remastered everything and they finally got to remake Shadow of the Colossus and like. They got their chance and they nailed it. So I think the difference is they had a template to go on and they were remaking mm-hmm. an existing game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's easy. Yeah, but they didn't have to come up with like a, the original design of the mm-hmm. the, the game. Yeah, um, uh, I, I, it has to be a different task. Definitely, to at least understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my quick concern: why I have this concern. I don't know how true this is. This is I, I, I was told by two people who. Knew about this rumor too. They were like when they got when they got announced, they're like, "Oh, so that information's coming out." They were like, "Yeah, that's true." At the at the time, I've since not spoken to either of these people. Uh, they were telling me that the the thing is they're not they were never the lead developer though. That uh, Bandai Namco Singapore was known for uh, asset studio for right. production like the assets to support some of uh, Bandai Namco's key releases, their biggest titles. Because Nintendo has yeah. officially said that it was a Nintendo team, right? So that's the other part, is that Kensuke Tanabe was said to be in charge of putting together an internal team, an internal studio within Nintendo would be helming this project. That was in the press release at E3 last year. Yeah. Um, and now it quietly moves to Bandai Namco. So uh, basically, I mean, they're, they're, where, where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> but I feel like the... the People are just assuming a studio working on something is the lead studio. Right. I, I think people are just jumping to assumptions based on some of this probably true information, which is that Bandai Namco is in a supporting role yeah. with Nintendo, uh, NC, an internal NCL studio helming Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. And that's probably where the leaks are coming from because it's like coming from outside studios because Nintendo leaks are usually the, the rarest of the type. Buttoned up. So I don't, this doesn't worry me now because I don't fully believe that they are the lead studio. Right. I still have a, I still truly believe Nintendo is completely in charge and and I trust they know what they're doing. Um, I I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little concerned if it was solely a Bandai Namco Mm -hmm. studio, but I at least give them a chance because hell, remember when Retro was first doing this? We're like, wait, what? (laughs) What's going on with Metroid? Like eh, anything's possible, you know, like give it a chance, you know. The, the Bandai Namco has made good games before. It's just because you know, they haven't made this type of genre very well that I can recall. Corrections, people, be sure to shout out a first-person shooter game that Bandai Namco has made that's awesome. So I can be corrected <laughs> next week. But from my knowledge, like nothing's jumping out. Yeah, right? nothing's jumping out. Yeah, that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. So uh, I, we're, we're definitely hearing about this by E3. Like yeah. I, I expect all this to be resolved at E3. Like... No, no more of these rumors. Just, I gotta say, like, I used to love rumors, but now I'm starting to hate them. Like, it, like, there's the misinformation stuff being ran with is truth now, mm-hmm. just driving me insane. It's yeah. just like, oh no, information like, overload. Yeah, and like so many times, like, remember, like, even though the Nintendo Mini Direct did happen last month, and was like, like under the assumption yeah, there's a yeah. massive, huge yeah. E3 size direct happening in yeah. January. I was like, oh, this is the new reality here. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's why I just. Sorry. Wait to see the game, and 
go from there. Yeah, you know? I am still extremely excited to see this game in action. Oh, like, yeah. I cannot wait for that first trailer. Do you think we'll see it in action at E3, Dummy? Mm. Ooh. Uh, yeah, we're going to see something. They showed off a teaser trailer with the logo. Mm-hmm. We're getting something else. All right. We're getting something moving on that screen besides the logo. Okay. I, I feel like it's got a, some gameplay. I like it. At least a tease of gameplay. I like it. Believe. I believe, Huber. Uh, we talked a little bit about Switch Online, but it was mostly speculative last episode because Nintendo did a Twitter version of a direct in a day where they made three big announcements <laughs> on Twitter, <laughs> which could have filled a direct and been like really, like really interesting. Uh, but there was uh, the Switch Online was confirmed for September of this year, 2018. But there Yay. was an investor, uh, sorry, a corporate management policy briefing and nine month financial results briefing that happened earlier this month in February. And there was a Q and A session with investors. Uh, where uh, uh, Kimishima and uh, Takahashi uh, uh, basically answered questions. And one question that came up was specifically about Nintendo Switch's online service. So, uh, when asked why the service was being delayed and has anything changed over this development period for Switch's online and and the Switch to pay, uh, pay for service or for pay service, this is what Kimishima had to say about it. Uh, we view the online service as one component of our efforts to diversify how our games are played and to get people to play more of our games. That is why we want to apply substantial resources to the online service with thinking that we will devote our energies to making this a for pay service. As for how we plan to popularize the service it is less about the mechanism and more a question of what kinds of products can we offer. And the spread of the service will depend on whether customers or consumers want what we offer. Please give us a bit more time to announce more details about the service. I think the announcement uh, will convey to you how we plan to popularize the service. So that was Kimishima's answer. But then Shinya Takahashi, director and managing executive editor, editor officer jumped in and added we have some ideas about how to make nintendo switch online appealing when it becomes a four-play service so i think our next announcement will be worth the wait nice please be excited so what my question to you is what could possibly get you that excited over a paid online service for switch animal crossing world We've talked about this, Damiani, where you have your So that's animal, launching alongside it? Yeah, you have, okay. the, you have your Animal Crossing. Like, it's basically PlayStation Home, but good and Animal but Crossing. Good. <laughs> but good. <laughs> Keyword. Like, there's something so appealing. Like, trophies are cool. I, I like trophies a little more than I like achievements because, like, they rank them, you know? Like, the platinum yeah, is, yeah. is cool. Yeah, yeah. But imagine taking it one step further and, like, beating a Super Mario game and then getting... Like, the Mario okay. hat that you can wear in that online world. That's or what they, they did this with 3DS with mm. Miis. Yeah. You online... I mean, I think... Did we once have that as well? Or it was only three... 3DS definitely had hats and, like, attire yeah. you could dress. But, like, Thought the Wii's barren wasteland oh, yeah, of yeah, just, yeah. like, a like a nothingness matrix void world. Like, let's have a full-on... In, like, Miiverse? Not really. You didn't really... You couldn't really share that attire 
Like you it can felt, yeah, it felt disconnected. In Miiverse. Miiverse was more about you can unlock stickers and stuff within yeah. games, which is nice for like messaging and social, but as cool as Miiverse might have been in like con- concept and its little like bubble yeah. that it was used in, social media like has dictated what is the popular platforms and yeah. things moved on from Miiverse. Nintendo yeah. has moved on from Miiverse. But sharing your attire through like a character, like an, like a, a me. I still don't think you're gonna go back to me's, but yeah, mm-hmm. Animal Crossing. If your house could be decorated and your friends could come visit exactly. your house, and look at this, uh, yeah, look at this uh, gold ring, the Sonic gold ring I got in this version of Sonic because yeah. I 100 it. It's got like a, a message from like the creators on yeah, it or something. Like you zoom in first these, person. Having these like optional challenges or like weekly or monthly competitions and you can win things for your location like, like, like seasonal events or time events seasonal like, events like the, the mario speed odyssey mario? the mario odyssey balloon event that they're doing oh, sure. like if yeah. you got like ranked in the top 10 you got yeah. a prize only for that event yeah. and think there about go, think about how crazy that would be like that stuff exists from like a game to game basis like monster hunter has events but like what it's it's isolated to monster hunter breaking that down and and just having all be in this like infrastructure or ecosystem whatever you want to call it like there's something there that untapped potential and it's it's probably an insane amount of work and money and resources and that's sounds crazy trying to like get all the publishers and, and games like on one page to kind of be a part of this thing but i think nintendo would have to do a lot of the legwork with that yeah yeah i mean like only like three model assets would have to be provided by third-party publishers mm-hmm. but all of its implementation nintendo but like Huber, maybe this is why Switch Online's taking so long. Yeah, they're maybe they're being this ambitious. Am- yeah. Uh, what about you, Bloodworth? Like, is this something you would that would get you really excited about finally paying for online on Switch? <laughs> do you have some other notion, or is there just nothing that could get you excited at this point? Um. Well, I think number one is the. Uh, yeah, I, everyone has to keep in mind that this is still cheaper. The offering is still cheaper than anything that uh, yeah yeah, PlayStation or Xbox is doing, Um, but yeah, I feel like especially with what they've already talked about with their the classic games thing, it it does feel a little bit more like a a Game Pass type of deal, and so maybe you know maybe it works like uh, how Microsoft and EA do some of those early access things where it's like okay, before a game launches, like, you got, like, two days to play 10 hours or something like that. You know, like, you think about, like, downloads with, like, time demos. Towards, like, you can check out whether you want to buy this game or not. You know, we just, we'll, we'll give you two or three hours with the game. Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, because, yeah, I, I think they're, that's sort of what they're talking about. They're talking about not just the mechanism, but, like, what what content is there that's going to be, like, yeah, this is, this is worth it. And I think right now a lot of people are talking about Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. You know, and it's, like... This is super worth it. If you play a lot of games, you know you can save a lot of money this way. Yeah, as I'm, yeah, I have a reputation for knocking Microsoft and Xbox a lot, but I will give them credit for that. That like that is one of their more appealing features, along with like the their whole HDifying their backwards yeah. catalog and stuff. Like that is getting me very close to just buying any kind of Xbox One mm-hmm. just to like ditch my old 360 and just like have an all-in-one machine. Yeah, there's so like, many 360 so games close. that are just, you yeah. know, like, if, yeah. especially if it's a digital game, mm-hmm. you're just like, yeah, you have it. It's in your library now. It's like, oh, cool. Thanks. Very useful. The other day I was freaking out and with a buddy and we're remembering 
Gears of War 1 oh. on an HD TV right when it came out with 360 <laughs> just being the most insane thing ever like visually they're good times so, yeah so crazy yeah, 360 in HD, like when it me, first came out, it was hand nuts. Because like, I got 360 port yeah. PS3, I definitely remember that. Yeah. Nintendo was definitely not a part of that. Yeah. But to answer my own question for like what could get me, um, I, I liked Huber's idea, so I'm not gonna, like that. That definitely could. That mm-hmm. definitely would entice me uh, to be a little bit more supportive of it. Yeah, kind of uh, like how you already in Animal Crossing, like have the Triforce or the Star Fox thing and. Like, if you won, you're basically saying instead of a platinum trophy, you got, like, a thing that you yeah. could put in a house. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it like, unlocks, you, you yeah. have, like, your TV in your room, and you, like, actually have your library of games, like, it, within the, the world. Nice. <laughs> and then they've done, like, so, like, the NES games and stuff and the old Animal Crossing mm-hmm. uh, for GameCube, I believe. Uh, what would get me on board as well yeah. is the concept I talked about in the past. Uh, full-blown virtual console service that emulated the the classic systems, the NES and the SNES classic uh, interfaces, like the nice library display, the filters, uh, save states, but also the rewind features. That, like just having a beautiful presentation, uh, like, you know, HUD interface, uh, you know, GUI interface, to interface, like just look at all that and like nicely instead of just, little TV screen or like mm-hmm. app looking icons on my main menu yeah. would go a long way with the, especially the extra functionality like you know virtual boxes like look at the box and stuff I would love like to facts, have the full like, manuals in there full color yeah, the man- yeah. instead of going to a PDF mm-hmm. web browser mm-hmm. it's just you flip it in there in your own thing like mm-hmm. it's all there especially if it was like on the screen you could just like swipe and flip the page oh, I'm oh. T- oh my gosh yes oh, on God, the like mo- wall. that'd be so good and the cherry on the top because I think NES Classic reissue this summer is going to be the end of the Classic lineup. I don't think they're going beyond it. I think all these mm-hmm. trademarks have been for controllers. That the N64 Classic rumor was sparked by a patent re- like uh, re-up for N64 controller. So wait, you don't think there's going to be a N64 Classic? I think N64 the control- No, I think the controllers are coming to Switch. All right, what do you want to bet? I bet. <laughs> Let's bet right now. N64 Classic is a lock. Is a lock? Lock it. Up, mm. lock that's, it that's down. A hard one for me. Lock think, it think about, in. Think about, lock it out. We will bet on this. I gotta think of terms. Okay, I'll think of terms. We'll come back to this. We'll do. We will make this bet. I have the terms right now. Okay, what are your terms? If the Nintendo sixty four classic is announced, okay, at all, ever, officially this <laughs> okay. year, this okay, year, it's gotta be this year. Okay, this year. Somebody get this to Ed's Ortiz. <laughs> um, you have to play Monster Hunter with us. Monster Hunter World. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I say, so if it's not announced this year and the controller, so if it's not announced this year, you just don't win. But for me to win, so that doesn't make me win. For me to win, it just, uh, d- yeah, classic controllers have to become, be announced coming to Switch for their virtual con- to play classic games on. Mm. Okay. That's the big hook that they're doing along with the interface stuff okay. of the classic is that you can go buy a real N64 controller that connects to USB-C or whatever to your Switch dock, just like your Pro controller, and you can use that on your classic games. And like NES, SNES, N64... Uh, and then they'll probably do like a, a Game Boy controller or something too. Mm. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I like, like my Game Boy controller. That'd be, yeah. <laughs> Game Boy. Weekly Hunt Stamiani, <laughs> January um, 2019. I still got to think of my terms, but they won't be ridiculous. I have by the end of the episode to think of them. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's my thing. I think that along with the classic presentation will be, that would get me really excited. It's like, yo, 
I want new like new controllers are a problem like for classic systems so this helps solve it by updating and I love playing these on new like on updated versions because it makes them easier to collect especially digital library versions of them and if they can get the uh, emulation so authentic like it was like SNES classic level which is pretty pretty darn good like I'm on board yeah like it, uh, but it, I want it to also be like a subscription service like mm-hmm. they've outlined to like you pay a flat fee this month to get access to these games and stuff like dude, that. Dude, you know how like uh, Martin Scorsese saves film and like saves mm. like destroyed movies and stuff? Isn't Martin Scorsese being rumored to direct a new uh, Joker movie? I heard, I heard a yeah. rumor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, produce, yeah produce. I agree with your point. Sorry, um, it randomly popped in there. It, syndrome, baby. Love it. Uh, if my mind went to Alien vs. Predator the arcade game. Oh, yeah. Which was never, never released yep. on anything Ooh, other so than good. emulation and the, the arcade cabinet. So good. So if they had some kind of, uh, like, I like a, from the vault or, like, the resurrection of, of the lost games or something, right. how cool would that be if that was, like, a Nintendo initiative to, like, be amazing. save old games? Oh. And to, cl- to clarify my final point of this, I'm talking, we're going from bat- as far back as NES who's recent as GameCube. All that GameCube rumor stuff, mm-hmm. it's a part of the service. Yeah. And that means new GameCube controllers nice. are also going to be manufactured and coming out. Like Smash. And Nintendo's going to be like, people are going to be so obsessed with getting the controllers, they're going to sell it. Because when, <laughs> when Smash Brothers for Wii U came out, that those GameCube adapters were gone. Like People will buy them up. Mm-hmm. They will sell out of that. They will yeah. make their money back on that. Uh, they know now. So yeah, that was, well, and there was already the confirmation that unintentional GameCube controller works on your Switch now with oh, that yeah. update. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which they Whoa. just ignored. Like when I think when Reggie was asked about it, he was like, Yeah, okay, sure. Does. <laughs> Next question, please. <laughs> uh, but speaking of controls that work on Switch and getting updates, our next little segment. Doom gets motion control support for yes. aiming via patch 1.1.1. Which just released, it updates the game to allow motion controls for aiming. Great. So there was Red a, I wa- Steel. There's Here already we go. a video out there. I mean, you can play it yourself, but like I watched a video of like you can do normal motion and inverted motion. Cool. So depending on your yeah, they have a bunch of sensitivity sliders and yeah. stuff too. Yeah, it's pretty it's, dang it's pretty customizable. Well That's legit. So yeah, uh, would you prefer to play Doom with analog aiming or motion controls on the Joy-Con now? I would try motion controls. Oh, Get yeah. that like mouse and keyboard yeah. style. Oh, yeah. for, you know. Well, here's the thing. It it's very much like Splatoon. The, the difference is Splatoon. Third. Splatoon doesn't let you do one of the axes. I think. Like I think Splatoon's just up and down, and it doesn't let you do left and right. Whereas the, Doom does the whole. Mm-hmm. The whole thing, um, but yeah, I watched Game Explains video, but but yeah, like with Splatoon two, like I played so much of that, like going back to other shooters with just analog sticks, I was like, oh, this is rough. Yeah, I, I know you, bud. You love motion control aiming, like you've loved it since like Wii versions of games. Like, I oh yeah, Metroid Goldeneye. Prime three was yeah, great. Metroid, yeah, I think Goldeneye when it came out, you were like, hey everyone, look how like we played multiplayer. You're like, yeah, you should really use the motion control aiming here. Like how good it is. Just straight up trolling back then. It was pretty good. But yeah, like that is a big hook. Like it, it works well now. And I asked about yeah. that at the Bethesda preview event. It was like, is this is this is that in there? And and apparently enough people asked that they put it in. And now nice. since those guys are also doing Wolfenstein two, that'll oh, yeah. be there right at its Switch launch. I hope that, that better be there now. Yeah, like Wolfenstein two on Switch better yeah. have that day and date. But it also opens the doors for like going forward any games to try and be closer to being day and date with the other console or PC versions. Mm-hmm. 
Like, that's another added benefit. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah. It runs at a slightly lower resolution, the other ones, but you get the motion control aiming. It's basically going back to the Wii thing of that, hey, your game doesn't look as good, but you got these motion controls. Yeah. But rather than making it, like, a gimmick, they're, like, like it really went in there and, like, made it comprehensive that's and cool. work right. So as long as they put in that effort in there, it is a huge selling point and a benefit for some uh, first-person shooter players that have, on a console... Almost something analogous to mouse and keyboard, yeah. like precision. Definitely more precision than analog gaming. Totally. So, yeah. and well, the the other the other thing that I'm I'm curious about, uh, and I don't know whether it's just a, it is just a sensitive. I think you should be able to do it. Will that eventually cross over to the PS4 versions? Because the PS4 oh, has motion <laughs> as well. It has gyro control. And no. if you do, if you look at like, have you ever used the, like the keyboard for that? Like, it's it's pretty tight. But that's like one thing. They'd have to versus make like a controller like, that separates. Or yeah, something, having a special having the. No, no, I'm talking about with the pro controllers. That's what we're talking about. That's what I use. It's yeah, just the pro controller. But like, it's not weird to you, like like you just like hold it like this to aim like I guess with a Joy-Con like I'm used to it's small enough I could point or even a Wii remote. Yeah, it can yeah. be about, like it can be my Wii mouse. remote, it, and it this is head. a totally different thing to me. Okay, wow. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Pro controller with I haven't I done use, Yeah, I use really the pro controller with Switch. That's, that's my fault that like I haven't really done that. So yeah. okay, if that's the case, then yeah. That's I was thinking Joy Cons. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a small wrist adjustment. Yeah, okay. when you're when you're aiming. All right. I mean, so there's something similar. I, I do have some experience. Uh uh Fia, also known as Faye for some people <laughs> I have no idea what the hell I just said. Um uh the singing mechanic in the game, how you communicate with the animals. Uh, and uh, the uh, PS4 version, because they have the pressure trigger buttons, which aren't available on the uh, right. Switch console, uh, you just push down on the trigger to like get the like uh, tune the frequency right. But on the Switch, you need to use the right analog stick while holding a right button, which sure. is really weird. Or you just use the system and you tilt it mm. to make it, which is way like better okay. and like easier. It works just as well. It's like you, 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 it's like one less thing. It's like oh, just like tilt it and stuff, and it's nice. So yeah, something like I, I can see the whole system being used like that. That that d- definitely works. So um, okay, but still, even regardless, it does look like it works really well. Yeah, the, pe- the people, people have tried it out have been yes. really liking it. Oh sure. yeah, for sure. That's cool because that totally costs money for them to do and yeah, free update. Hopefully, it pays off. Uh, down the I line. do. I do hope eventually we get an updated pro controller. But the thing is, is you know, like once you launch the system without analog triggers and that's kind of a done deal yeah i, I would really love yeah but uh, at least if they could get a headphone jack that, on that's that like thing. that's the yeah. i mean that my, my biggest thing i'd want in a revision of a switch is like yeah pressure triggers mm-hmm. in some form but headphone headphone jack headphone jack in the, in the pro controller that would be nice too um moving on real quick uh this one it's a little bit of a bait switch because the headline is a, a, a good bit of information but the thing i'm going to ask you about is slightly different but related to this it's kind of killing two birds with one stone um but basically it was announced finally that full-scale development of shin megami tensei 5 is finally underway wow so first announced back at the january 2017 switch event uh which like everything was announced back then about the switch right 
Um, they had a uh, they had a small team working on it. So the the, the in an interview, uh, the development team said at the start, the production of Shin Megami Tensei Five or the project only had a few people at its core, with more and more people gradually becoming involved. Although this number is still increasing, I feel that the production staff has come together considerably to a point uh, and reaching a milestone where we can say we've started full-scale development. That was the recent interview. So, here, so there's zero chance this game is coming out this year. If it just, yeah, like, right. It's not happening this year. There was some speculation it might happen. Not happening this year. So, here's what I want to ask you about. It's more about trends like this. Why do some companies do this? Like, why do companies announce something so far in advance and then nothing, there's, like, nothing to show for it other than, like, like a teaser or CG thing, but, like, a game is super far along or super far away from coming out? And who do you think is the most guilty of doing this? Like, which company comes to mind when this... I don't know who's most guilty, but to give them the benefit of the doubt, the only thing... The only benefit I can see from announcing something so early when you have nothing is to judge the community reaction. Okay. And if it's big, then you can go get money from people. <laughs> like, you can go <laughs> shake some hands with some sure. publishers and stuff and say, hey, look, we announced this. Look at the look at these trends. Look how many people are excited. Like, do you want to help out with with?" Yeah. Would you, would you put all. Beyond Good and Evil 2 in this category? Since we know that's a uh, really... That's a weird, yeah. yeah, that's a super weird one. Because that's a really yeah. long yeah. way from coming out. They showed off prototype stuff in a CG trailer. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but they want feedback. Yeah. It's almost like a, a Steam Early Access or like a Kickstarter. Like, it's yeah. like in that same vein, it feels like, well, I yeah. guess what you're going for there. So in those that cases... pretty risky, though. Yeah, in the cases of where it's like... Something is not necessarily going to get made. I say announce it as early as possible and see what happens and try to get support. But if it's something big, if it's like Red Dead Redemption 2, like don't even tell me about this until you have a trailer or some screenshots at least. Okay. I, I feel like something like this that, yeah, when you start talking about exclusives, it's a whole nother ball game. Because what you're talking, again, you're talking about back of the January Switch. Like that's one of those things where Nintendo is like, Hey, we're we're gonna announce what's coming. We want to have a broad uh, appeal, like all the different types of games that are gonna come to our platform. Good point. Yeah. What do you have? Yes. What could you you know tell people right now? And I, I think that yeah, SMT is one of those franchises that's got you know uh, a very dedicated following uh, that are going to let the team take their time. And uh, so yeah, so like even if you've just got some design documents that you know you're going to you know do something with. Then yeah, sure. Let them let them know, um, and yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like the timing is kind of similar to like that Resident Evil Two timing, where it's like you just oh, like yeah. you had a binder of like ideas yeah. and stuff written down, sketched out, and it's like okay, I'm going in to present this to Capcom to see if it gets a green light. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and close like nothing's to, getting done yet. Close to three years without even a, a screenshot. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh yeah. Please don't don't torture me like All that. All right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, uh, that makes sense. I, I, I like it, both of your points are pretty much what I could see. Like I was kind of struggling to think of something myself, but you gave me two pretty good points. I think you both kind of answered like my follow up is like, which would you rather companies do? Would like you know something be announced closer to its release? Like you, like Nintendo does this more and more often. Like a game's yeah. coming out the year it's announced, yeah. or than a year it's coming out. 
Um, and then you kind of talk about like what you thought were the benefits, but it's like the alternative is like, I was going to, you point out Red Dead Redemption. Uh, I was going to point out everything with Square Enix lately and their big projects, like back to Final Fantasy 13, 15 taking forever, seven remake. Where's that? Right. And Game March three, if it comes out this year, still, that was like yeah. first announced like five years ago. Totally. Square Enix it's, might be the worst. Yeah. Square, oh, Square Enix is <laughs> the worst for sure. Cause they show stuff that makes it look like they're super far along. Yeah. And then it's like, huh? I would say other than, fi- other than Final Fantasy seven remake, yeah. I would say until they showed that, I feel like everything else was kind of like a, kind of like a consequence or casually, of a different time when they did business a little bit differently. And it does feel like they've, they've been trying to change their ways with everything, not these games, things tend to come out a little bit faster uh, uh, or a little bit more acceptable time frame than three plus years or longer. But then they did Final Fantasy seven <laughs> announcement. And it's like, wait, this is like brand new. You're announcing it now. Like we had no inklings. Like this is like a pipe dream. Yeah. And it's still nowhere to be found. I was like, okay. Yeah. Maybe they haven't quite, learned all their lessons just yet but uh yeah i, I, I would still, probably lean towards square Enix probably being the in recent times being the worst the, about this the reason i'm i'm 100 okay with final fantasy one is because it's hype as hell but two that trailer is phenomenal you know they debuted it with a trailer it wasn't like resident evil 2 where they came oh, out just, and said yo we're gonna do this yeah or metroid prime 4 where it's just a logo logo no it makes it's sense. like it's like when you announce something years ahead of time at least even even a cg trailer which i'm not usually a fan of you know i like to see gameplay but at least give me something that i can dream about for years like you know death stranding yeah death stranding that's a perfect example yeah and i'm totally cool with waiting years and years for death stranding because he keeps you know we've had a couple trailers now and i can i can just dream and imagine about it and that's fun leading up to a game years in advance you know just the the dream I feel like Kojima is like one of the last bastions of that system because he consistently delivers the trailers that get you excited. Mm-hmm. Like the trailer is almost in itself an event. It's like yeah. that is part of the release. It's yeah, like, it is, it is. what's the yearly trailer for this? <laughs> like we got to get no less than four trailers before the game comes out yeah. or we didn't complete the, you know, the, the process correctly. <laughs> that, I, that I don't know, like man. It, but at the same time, yeah. At the same time, it gets a little like those MGS5 trailers – we got we got too many of them. It's because it's like they felt like, well, we got to keep people interested this mm-hmm. whole time, and so what? They spoiled half the game. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was media blackout, Huber, but I went back and yeah, they showed yeah, the end of the they game. Sh- they show a lot of stuff. But at the same time, Huber, my counterpoint is this, and I I don't know if you'll agree or disagree with this, but mm-hmm. it speaks right to you. Yeah. Uh, the usual uh, movie cycle, like from teaser trailer to official trailer one or two yeah. to release. Think of like Star Wars, like yeah. teaser early in the year. Full trailer in a year, movie comes out. It's yeah. like a year. There's usually like one more trailer and a couple yeah. commercial spots. But I love that of I, the teaser to the trailer. It feels like each trailer is still an event, yeah. even with Marvel stuff. Yeah. But like they don't start it till like a certain like the 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 hype train doesn't begin, mm-hmm. the marketing machine doesn't begin until sure. about like a calendar year out usually or less. Yeah. And I I, I know movies. I don't know. Movies but, can take a long time to yeah, make too. But, so but at like, the same time, yeah. I, I I really dive into like the movie world and and to see what's being made. Like there are some movies where it's like they announce it years in advance. Like that still does happen. Oh yeah. But in terms of like, seems atypical though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of the system, whereas felt like in the mid two thousands, that was pretty much for everyone. 
Like, Nintendo was doing... Like, everyone was doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, every company was announcing stuff that wouldn't come out for several years. Yeah. And now it's like, you expect a game to come out within... I would say two years is usually the reasonable. Like, little two years, a little over. Mm -hmm. But more and more games are going to, like... We're just going to announce it when it's close to being ready. Here's a year. Shadow Dream. It would be amazing if the game industry went to that trend of holding on to announcements... In the exception of, like, I, I loved your point, Blood. Like, when a new console is coming out, you got to announce stuff to get people excited. So that might be the exception. Like, hey, we got, like, PS5. Oh, yeah, we got, like, Final Fantasy 16. It's not coming out for four years, yeah. but, you know, they haven't even started working on it. But they agreed. Like, it's a business deal. Like, yeah. I wish they would maybe clarify it. It's like, we've made a deal, the secure, to bring Final Fantasy 16 first exclusively to PS5. Mm-hmm. We got nothing to show for it, though, but we just want to get you excited. Like, yeah. at least being more honest and upfront about it. Like, you see that in movies, like... We have our movie schedule. Like I feel like it's not with footage or anything. People make a movie announcement yeah. that's going to happen, but like, the date first, is usually the locked. clock usually yeah, and the date's locked. But like the most. clock usually starts for most consumers mm-hmm. when that first trailer hits. Yeah. Like all right, within True. a year, I better be seeing this, or yeah. you guys did something wrong. I like, you know, it's hard. I, I do I do see value in both. I love. I, I think of Resident Evil Seven yeah. doing that so beautifully monster hunter we don't even know like what we're watching when we see the trailer the next thing you know you're going home that night and downloading a demo for a game that's out in six months like beautiful but god of war i think of you know they've announced it for a while like we've seen some trailers it's been a long road for god of war but like, i think feel, i that, feel like god of war has paced it out pretty well yeah there hasn't been too much of that stuff mm-hmm Whereas I feel like a lot of other games, I mean, well, like Far Cry 5, for instance. Yeah. Like, I'm done with that game until mm-hmm. it comes out, you know? It's yeah. just like, it's like oh, yeah. I don't, I, we don't need to see anymore. We don't need to know anymore. We've seen all of the different companions yeah, and everything think, that they could possibly yeah. do. There's, not, there's no mystery, whereas God of War, this, was, this has been announced, this was announced years ago. They've shown us stuff, and I still have no idea what to expect. Right. And that's, gotcha. that's the difference. So that's exciting. I gotcha. Like, uh, Kingdom Hearts. I was about to say, like, what they've done more recently, though, I think is a little bit better. Mm-hmm. When they did the initial, initial reveal trailer, and in that follow-up D23 trailer, it was like mm-hmm. kind of like all over the place, the concepts. Yeah. The last two have been focused. New world reveals, story, stuff like... That it felt like when they showed off the Toy Story trailer, yeah, that's probably when they first that's when they could have first shown off anything because if it does come out by end of this year, and you think back to last the US D23 where they showed off Toy Story, and then Japanese D23 earlier this year, mm-hmm. they showed off uh Monsters Incorporated, yeah, and Monsters Inc., and uh, some other stuff. Like, that's perfect. I feel like they have one more trailer at E3 and then release. And it's like, it. that was a great cycle for them if they had started last year, like, <laughs> it would have worked. They didn't, yeah. like, I know we got those. <laughs> It was an exception because it's been so longly anticipated to just expect it to happen. But, like, I hope they take away from that for their big titles. Yeah. You don't need to, like, say something early on and, like, just to reassure people it's coming. I think people expect it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Tell us when it's close to release because it's it's easier on everybody. It is. You'll still have that. Big, Most of the time. You still have had a huge reaction last year if that was the first time we ever saw Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. You still got the montage of fans crying and stuff and all that. Yeah. But, I yeah. think the thing with Kingdom Hearts 3 and the announcement is that in a way announcing Kingdom Hearts 3 left them let them off the hook of having to keep doing more weird spin-off sequels. True. <laughs> if yeah. they hadn't but announced they it, they still have done Kingdom, weird spin-off I mean they've done it but they, no, they've mostly just focused on the HD collections. They did the mobile game. They're always going to do mobile games. <laughs> That's a different I I still think it's a different thing. 
Whereas, uh, you know, we're not seeing, like, games that feel like full-on Kingdom Hearts games that just don't advance the story. True. It, it, it let them stop working on any, like... Yeah, I, I get your point. Because I, I think I if they had announced Kingdom yeah, Hearts yeah. 3, people would be just like, Square just forgot about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, where's Birth by Sleep 2? Or where's the next yeah. PS... Yeah. Where's the Vita's Kingdom Hearts or the Switch Kingdom Hearts? You yeah. Know? That, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, That was good stuff. Uh, want to move us on, though, to our last uh, little bit of news topic discussion. This week is Star Fox's birthday. Happy birthday, Star Fox McCloud. Series turns 25 this week. Wow. The original Star Fox was first released on February 21st in Japan 25 years ago. It was released in March uh, 21 years ago. Um, yeah, for Super Nintendo, Super Famicom. So, we got some fun questions for you. First, what's your favorite Star Fox game in the series? 64. Star Fox 64. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's sixty four easy. I mean, I, I definitely, I, I definitely feel like the first game gets too much flack from people sometimes. I, I do oh. enjoy the first game a lot, um, but yeah, I mean, it's like sixty four, and then not really much else after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like the problem with one is it hasn't aged very well. It was definitely a product of its time. It was definitely like a yeah. showcase title mm-hmm. for Super FX chip. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, it, I just my, feel like there's something about the. There's something about the aesthetic of the first game that didn't carry across. Oh, in the '60s, like in terms of the the mu- the music and uh, some of the environments and stuff, that it just it, like it just went in a different direction with '64. A little grimy. It was a like darker. A, yeah. To put it in like the most generic terms, I can think of like OG Star Fox was very Tron like vibes, like the movie Tron, like mm-hmm. sort of like yeah. not as glowy aesthetic, but like the the geometric shape aesthetic. Totally. It was also like a 90s 3D aesthetic gaming, like uh, the Virtual Virtua series on, on Sega, mm-hmm. like that and Star Fox. It kind of shared the same look. Arcade racers at the time, or arcade games in general at the time, a lot of them shared that kind of like look. But yeah, like even the music, like the Corneria arrangement in the original Star Fox, like there's nothing else like, like that in the rest of the series. Like, uh, wait, it's like I kind of like that. I was like, why'd you go away from this this music arrangement in, in the original Star Fox to. Not saying any of the other series music is bad, it's just I like that style and they just really didn't go back to it ever. Do you again. think Star Fox is gone for a so while? That's my second question. <laughs> is uh about uh Star Fox sixty four is also my favorite. I do have a soft spot for command. Uh, mm. I like the ideas that they were doing command. If for those of you who finally played Star Fox two, uh, a lot of those ideas got taken into command, but command expands upon it, adds a lot more story, a lot more scenarios. To me, Command feels like the for- more fully realized version of Star Fox 2, and I love Command a lot more. Real question. What's up? Is the dinosaur one really that bad? I remember I played it as a kid, and I, I the problem- took it back to the store because I didn't like it. Because it's but- not a Star Fox game. I mean, yeah. it's, it's got Star Fox characters, but... Right. You know, yeah, it was it's never supposed really to be. A, a it was never game. supposed to be a Star Fox game. It's a, it's a, it's a game I'd like to revisit, though. You should try it. Yeah. The, the thing, the thing <laughs> about... Dinosaur Planet, Star Fox yeah. Adventures is like it has interesting concepts, but just the moment to moment gameplay isn't that fun. Mm. Yeah. And, and so that was the thing for me. I just it's one of the few game, especially one of the few Nintendo games that I just abandoned because I was bored. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I took it back. I think I only finished it because I had enough free time at the time. 
time twice that quickly. But yeah, I finished does it. it add I any... never went back to it. I don't like trying to go back to it. Does it add any meaningful lore, Damiani? I mean, it has a lot of lore, but it's I a, wouldn't call it's mostly any a the canon. Si- <laughs> it's mostly a side story. The biggest thing is the character Crystal gets <laughs> added to the the character roster, and they appeared in other games <laughs> after that. Um, but otherwise, it's just a side story. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing. I, I like how series try to keep making new sequels, and if mm-hmm. they really don't want to, if they want to have a coherent universe, they don't always have to keep making mainline installments to involve the to advance the main storyline. Yeah. You can make a side story, like self-contained thing, while the like people keep working on. Ah, we're not sure what to do with like this and Star Fox yet. Eh, let's take them to a different adventure on a different planet. It has nothing to do with that. Like, it's yeah. a good solution. Like all sorts of media yeah. medium use it, but. Um, yeah, like, but yeah, Star Fox 64 is my favorite, uh, has, still has, like, a nice kind of, like, arcade feel at the high score thing going on with it, branching routes, voice dialogue was kind of neat for its time. Rumble Pack. Rumble Pack. Pack. The Rumble Pack was, like, off the charts, just, like, shaking when things exploded. 3D arena battles instead of just, like, corridors. Yeah, the tanks, right? You could get the tank. You had the different, you had the tank and the landmaster and the the submarine. What's the the pop uh, facts here? What's the deal with the tank in... uh, Landmaster. Could you just spawn in that in multiplayer? Wasn't there a big secret? So in multiplayer... Uh, if there is a way to unlock yourself on foot with that's a bazooka. That's right. Yes. yes. That's what you're thinking about. Yes. Oh, yes, I remember yes, yes, that. Yes, yes. So cool. Yeah. Uh, there was the expert mode. If you got like all, you met all the high score conditions on your planet, where you basically got like Fox with the shades, like his dad. Right. <laughs> like yeah. it was one hit wing damage. He's was so cool. It was fun. It was short to be any one path, but I was replaying it so much. Yeah. It was so fun. So easy to replay. Back when secrets were secrets. Yeah. You know, mm. like. All those I remember rumors. buying StarCraft, 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 Star Fox 64, and months later figuring out the like really secret path, like the true oh, yeah, ending. Like, gotta hit like stuff to like activate warps yeah. and stuff. I don't know. I can't tell you how much time I tried to spend on the final escape sequence trying to beat Fox's father. It's like there's gotta be a way to beat him and get a secret ending. Yeah, <laughs> you're following him. I was like, just hold down the turbo button. Yeah. I was like, that doesn't work. I was like, but you gotta boost at the right times and stuff. So cool. You gotta YOLO it. Like you gotta take that turn really hard. Like you're just gonna boost through it. <laughs> if you clip a wall, it's done. You gotta hit reset button. You do it or you gotta die you gotta kill yourself try again so cool. stuff like that fun stuff love that uh but yeah that's my the follow-up question is huber alluded to it do you think we're ever gonna see another dedicated star fox game after what happened with star fox zero i think that they're it's it's uh it's in bad shape right now because of obviously the gamecube one did is made fun of all the time mm-hmm. the wii u one was ripped apart and then even uh starcraft 2 got un- an unnecessary star amount fox of 2? star fox do i keep saying starcraft <laughs> yeah star <laughs> fox. I was like, huh, i'm curious what is the starcraft star fox reference even here? star fox <laughs> 2 on the super nintendo got a lot of heat just for not being that great you know even yeah. though even though it wasn't a finished game like it was just kind of a work in progress oh, yeah. Yeah. you know who like, needs to resurrect star fox Treasure, oh treasure! Yeah, that's their that's their that's their ball game, man. What are they even up to nowadays? They still I don't know. Making? Who's treasure? I have no idea. Oh, Sin and Punishment and oh, like, uh, Gunstar okay. Heroes. Oh, okay, like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Arcades, like long history, like yeah. more more towards like the Sega side too as well. But like they worked with like everyone under Sun Sega. There's some Square stuff back in the day. Like they've they've done a lot of stuff. Like. Yeah. That'd be cool. I, I like the the Easter egg we talked about earlier in Bayonetta 2, the Star yeah. Fox level. It, Platinum just assisted on Star Fox. I think 
that's some of the misconception about Star Fox Zero is that it was ground up bain, uh, platinum game. I was gonna say bayonetta game, platinum development game. When they just came in and helped out, it was. I feel like in retrospect, uh, the biggest flaw of Star Fox Zero, besides trying to be like a, a remake of the original Star Fox yeah. 4, which was a remake of the original Star Fox, like gotta stop that, guys. Um, was that Miyamoto and some other people at Nintendo seem so committed to their artistic integrity and vision that sometimes it comes at the expense at a simple solution that would have made it easier for everyone for the enjoyment of the consumer the whole argument about games is art versus it's still a product at the mm-hmm. same time me and metal really wanted to use that game pad to play that game and get that enjoyment in and while it worked okay I was like, some people were just like, I just, give me the pro, I just want to play normal. Like, why are you forcing this down there? I was also referencing, like, Kid Icarus there, Uprising with Sakurai, refusing to budge on, on his control scheme. And everyone's like, you even have this 3D uh, pro device or whatever, I forget, with the analog nub. And you're like, yeah. nope, it's not using that. You get, you're you're going to have to use my control scheme. It's like, that's cool. Like, options are nice, though. Yeah, like, the more been, options, like, the better. Like, yeah, like, the option, like, presenting it that way Showing people that's the way you'd like them to play it, that's fine. But always give the option. I think that hurt Star Fox Zero just as much as well as the misconception that was like a platinum action game. It was like, yeah. where's this? Doesn't feel like a platinum developed game. And feel it didn't feel as action intensive as the Star Fox level in Bayonetta Two, which is my whole point. It's like, just let Platinum do a ground up. Treasure would be great. But let's give Platinum like here, make do something with Star Fox. We don't care. Just do <laughs> something new, uh, with Star Fox. The new Smash, whenever that comes out, could have some really cool Star Fox. Oh yeah, Star Fox, Star Fox, will, Fox levels. Star Fox know? will continue to live, <laughs> live on in other properties, especially yeah. Smash Brothers. But I don't feel it's the last we've seen of Star Fox. But I feel like they have to do something radical with it, like handing it off to tr- like completely developed by Treasure, completely developed by Platinum, with like Nintendo just like do what you want with it. Yeah. Or they gotta let it have some time like cool off like kojima productions presents here after death stranding is done kojima is gonna go in there and gonna make the star fox like space opera wormholes and portals (laughs) dude get nuts alternate dimension yep kojima's wheelhouse dude he was born to make star fox all right we're going down this (laughs) we're going down this rabbit hole Make it happen, Kojima. <laughs> yeah, we just need to get it. We like, yeah, we need to get the team in a different system. We just need to break them out of the same kind of cycle. Shake it up. But yeah. then they tried that with the dinosaur one, right? No, no. They, the, Star Fox has been a victim was, of like that really. Was wa- a, that was not a Star Fox. Yeah. They just slapped the name. Same on thing. There. Me, another thing. Sorry to pick on Miyamoto, Dave, yeah. but like Kyle's sitting outside. If he heard this, he'd be like so joyful right now. I mean, picking on Miyamoto, but that angered Rare a lot. Rare had no intention of doing anything with Star Fox. Miyamoto saw the game and said, "Like, you eh, think you should put Star Fox characters?" And like, eh, we don't really think so. Actually, I insist. Let's put Star Fox. They're gonna like put them in here. They were shoehorned in there at Nintendo's insistence. Dang. That was not supposed to be Got like it. whatsoever, Got like it. a Star Fox game. So that hurt that one. Assault was just a mess. That development history with the arcade version that was supposed to happen, and then there's supposed to be multi- like multiple versions. Then it just came out on GameCube, and it was mm-hmm. just like it's not that great. Mm-hmm. And then the fun foot sections were really bad. Yeah. Command, uh, I have a soft spot, but also. Like they've tried to do something a little bit different here and there, and none of it's really worked. It feels like 3D Sonic. Yeah. Like they they have one game that was yeah. pretty good. So I was sitting where they've like Sonic Adventure. They've just never gone back to that exactly. They've tried to do something a little bit different each time. Hasn't worked out. 
what worked for them. Like, I mean, they, with Sonic, they had to go back to roots, but they handed it to people who, like, we might know this a little better than you. Like, we're developers. Let us try this. Yeah. I think Nintendo needs to hand this off from the very beginning, ground up, be developed by someone outside of Nintendo. Nice. Yeah, I think it's one of those franchises where you just need to focus on the core and then do something really simple with the core concept that that opens it up in a new way. Like, yeah. if you could somehow, like, make that game work with like a, a four-player experience through a campaign mm-hmm. you know if you could have you and three wingmen oh my you know gosh. going through Star Fox Taking on bosses together you gotta coordinate and stuff yeah deal with the attack patterns yep. like oh they sent them waves out like Huber you gotta take care of those like enemies over there while we focus on the energy core over here sign me up oh there we go like yeah like you're part of a squadron you get yeah. to make your insignias and stuff oh that'd be fun on your decals Bloodworth. on your ship there you go, Nailed Bloodworth. It. Nice. Nailed it. Pay, send a check to Daniel Bloodworth. Right <laughs> here. Yep. Yo, when's that Ace Combat coming out? It's been, That's uh, a weird one, man. Yeah. It was not at the January preview event. Oh, I didn't know that. Slipping Ooh. through. It just, it, it, they were promoting it a lot, it and then the it just there. vanished. Oh. I don't know why. We'll see. That wraps up our discussion topics. Mm. We got two patrons' pulse questions I think we can fit in. Don't think we'll be able to fit in three. We'll fit into first one from Dominic Barlow. This was originally these following two. I think were going to be topics by themselves, but they came up as questions, so I decided to do that, that this way. Uh, Nintendo's own Park Seong Sa was recently quoted in an interview as saying, "On Nintendo platforms, we don't really differentiate between." triple a titles from established firms and indie games in actuality they're lined up as equals in the nintendo eShop. we don't specially promote indie games just because they are indie games and conversely we don't prioritize them below triple a titles either so the question to the allies here i really like this is now dominic speaking I really like the point made here about how the user interface of the Switch eShop treats indies and blockbusters in the same way, especially considering how clumsy the menu systems of past Nintendo consoles have been. What role do you think the UI of the Switch and its eShop have played in it being so successful for indie developers, and have there been any times where it specifically helped you discover a new game? What a beautiful point. What a beautiful mm-hmm. question. Yes. Something I've never thought about. Thank you for opening my eyes. That's amazing. Uh, I think of every time I boot up the PlayStation Store, you know, it's the big, whatever the big game is, or even a movie, like right there, you know, and then you'll, you like click into, let me see all the games. Definitely. And it's all kind of just thrown in there. Um, I think that's pretty cool that all, all game, games are games, you know? So it's, um, it, it, like, I can, I, I see the psychology of just kind of cycling through and they're sure. all yeah. kind of there together. Um, well, I, one thing I will say is that I'm not one to really browse those shops. Mm. You know, it's like I, I pop onto those shops when I have a code and that's about the end of it. Or if I want to buy something specific, like, I, oh. I you know, I, I feel pretty aware of the games from other means that, like, I, I'm just there to buy the game. I gotcha. Um, but, um, you know, I do get those emails from Nintendo and Microsoft and stuff. And so it's kind of weird because I de- there's definitely a priority list uh, to how they, they present those games. It's like they have got the one game that's like has the headline of the week's email, has a screenshot in the email, and then they've got like three or four other things that they highlight. And then they've just got like the big list of like 12 things. 
but to that point, sometimes stuff that's in that that t- list of twelve things are you know quote unquote bigger releases from bigger publishers or something, while something indie is in the higher higher group. So I think that's I think yeah that that's probably part of where that separation is. I think not calling indie games indie games is a good thing because mm-hmm. yeah. there's this weird stigma that like, oh, it's an indie game, so that means it doesn't have the same quality. Yeah. That, or it's just smaller and lesser. Not, right. The quality's there, but it's just a smaller game or something, you know? Yeah, so I, I think there's this, you know, th- you know th- this thing in, in uh, just like maybe a, a, a casual mindset or a public general public mainstream mindset that, oh, indie just means that, you know, it, it's not going to be as good in some way or another. That yeah. they're avoiding by by just putting everything in there. I I love how they're not differentiating between the two because well for the most part I'm kind of like you, Bloodworth. I do go on the eShop when I've got a code to redeem or specifically going for something I already know in mind. Even when I've done those, I do notice getting on the eShop and it goes right to that like coming soon page or or, or new releases that you can buy immediately. I just love the layout that they have. Like, it, one is way better and comes up way faster than any of the previous Nintendo systems. But, like, I like the eShop's interface and Switch way better than PS4's shop. Like, both, but, like, it yeah, just takes... I get like, so well, lost like, in the PS4 it, it, stuff. It, it, yeah, it's Because you go to the games yeah. and it'll be the, the, the big title there and, like, some smaller boxes. But then there's these weird categories that you have to cycle yep. through that never really make any sense. It'll be, like, new releases... Free to play will show up sometimes, or like they they have too many categories. Yeah, all these categories, categories. and you have to go all the way to the right to just say seal, and then that'll get you to the page, which is similar. to... Or finding the demo sometimes can be a huge. Yeah, like I just love the the categories. I mean, Switch is relatively young, so there's not as much to sift through just yet. Ask us this in four years, (laughs) but on a weekly basis, there are a lot of releases. That is true, and I was going to point out that like when I go to the best sellers page, like we did for that's what the top on the eShops is. I love how like it just shows me like there's stuff I expected, there's stuff I didn't expect. And because there's no delineation there between that was an indie title, that was a arcade classic release, that's a brand new AAA game, they're just all thrown in there. Like How I, cool it just, my mentally, I'm just like, that's a good game. I, I forgot about the game. Maybe I should get that. I because of how easy this thing is to use the Switch, and w- when there's a period where there's not a lot of games out, like January, like I was on this thing, like end of January after I finished Xenoblade, it was like. When I went home, I was like, what's on here? Oh, SteamWorld Dig 2. I completely forgot about the game. Right, showed up in the bestsellers. Boom, got it right yeah. then and there. How cool would it be if it uh, like recommended games to you based on what you play? Would you like? Would you guys like that or no? I mean, Netflix and all those other like stuff. Netflix does have it. that. Yeah, I love uh, that. As long as there's just like an opt-in like, that tells you like you're you're aware yeah. of it. Yeah, not then showing up on the PlayStation Home bar yeah. or whatever. You that's know. a Did little... Did you hear about what happened to me? Oh. Yes. That is and insane. didn't just put an icon there. That I is downloaded insane. all of Shadow of the Colossus. And I'm like, why is this happening? <laughs> that is insane. So I that, can't even believe that's that. a little much, but like yeah. going to a page, it's like the first character shows is like recommendations. Recommendations because of your yeah. interest in the games you have played. Here are some. I also like I love best selling. 
uh, I love Netflix's algorithm of both what's most popular. I think it's based on like views. And mm-hmm. They have the other one like what's trending. Yes, like sure. it, it, I think it's more like in the moment, like yeah. what people are talking about. I love I, I would love that as a gaming category on mm-hmm. here too. But so far, like I'm impressed with Switch. Maybe Wait, light years better than whatever they had on uh, what they had on Wii U and on Wii and on 3DS's eShop. It's so much, so much better, so much simpler. So like. Love this question. I love Nintendo's yeah. like philosophy behind this too. It and I think yeah, it's definitely paying off for them. Oh, I'm so excited for the online service now. Do you 30. think they'll they'll show it like E3? They'll, they'll show latest. it at E3. E3 and then... will be the latest. The latest they'll they'll like they'll talk about something with it. Nintendo but... is so weird about E3. Like I feel like something that businessy and nuts and bolts might not be there. I think they'll they might sh- talk about or show off the 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 flashy part of it. Sure. Like the most exciting with details. Like they won't talk about pricing or any updates to pricing or any other stuff. They'll be like details that come in a future announcement, which will be a, there'll be a fall dedicated direct to switch online. They've done it for like Wii U and they did it for Wii as well. Or they did a, on, a presentation for Wii, but Wii U also got a direct for its online stuff as well. So yeah, I expect that, but I would expect something a little bit of something at, at E3 just because of how long it's been in development. I feel like they just need to say something. Like, yeah. if it's just like, oh, like, be excited. The virtual console service will be fully unveiled, like, in a, like you know, very soon. Like, yeah. but just wait a little bit longer or something. If it's just that. Uh, our second and final patrons pulse question for this week's episode uh, comes from Daniel Pereira. With all the rumors of a next-gen console starting to show up next year... And the two-year lag developers have with supporting previous-gen consoles, example, PS3 and 360 titles drying up after 2015, would you be happy with a Nintendo Switch successor coming out holiday 2021, between holiday 2021 and holiday 2022, with the goal of those current then-current-gen titles running between 900p and 1080p uh, on current Tegra roadmaps for, like, mobile stuff? Um, and supporting the current Switch similarly to the 3DS, like doing 3DS now uh, through 2024. Anyway, this I'm trying to word this in a way like it, it's a little complicated here, but basically, like, would you like in the future when the next set of cons- consoles come out, like PS5, mm. do you want current Switch to be treated like 3DS then, where it's still being supported and getting a few key releases, like 3DS is getting now a Switch out? And then a successor to Switch that basically runs the games coming out then at lower... Like, basically what they're doing with Switch now with PS4 and Xbox One and PC games. Do you want them to repeat what they're doing now, next console, or would you like to see them do something else? Um, yeah, it's a little complicated. But yeah. I, I, I mean... I think as long as Nintendo stays on this model, and I think they will because it is differentiating them. Um, I mean, a, a handheld size device is never going to run what a huge box is going to be able to run. Like, that's just that's just physical properties of of uh, the cards and everything and cooling and all of that stuff. Um, but at the same time, I I really feel, and I don't know where Sony's going to stand on this, but I really feel that Nintendo and Microsoft are both setting themselves up to be more seamless in terms of backwards compatibility. Mm. So that when you upgrade to the next Switch and the next Xbox, 
the library you have, you just use it. Yes. And so it's going to be less about, you know, uh, having this this huge wave of support in the first year because what you you've already you've already got a, a good library there and it's just about you know these next set of games that you can't play on the old switch but everything that you can play on the old switch including new games that are coming out you can play on the new one that's a i think that's a really good point like especially once we see more of switches online with the the virtual library stuff whatever it ends up being yeah nintendo could position themselves along with what you said microsoft has been doing because Sony has been really kind of like anti that lately. They, yeah, they, they're I think really they're saving it. Anti backwards compatibility at the moment. And it's because they're the the leader, the market leader at the moment. So like they can dictate that yeah. themselves. Like yeah, eyes of the future, you know. God yeah, but I looking. wonder that's gonna come back and like. I think PS Five. I think yeah. PS Five. They'll they'll learn from this and uh, at the very least have PS Four backwards compatibility on Five. Yeah, I mean Sony is a very difficult. Because the architecture, yeah, with PS2 yes, and PS3 yeah. are both Cell so different from terrible. other things. That's what I'm saying. Is like Nintendo yeah. set up a hardware architecture that will scale, and Microsoft has set up a hardware architecture that will scale, and it's like making those investments in backwards compatibility now. They're, I think they're all starting with this generation onward, except except yeah, for PS4 as well. Sony yeah. Sony stances more towards but like PS4 everything is, PS3 earlier yeah. for some reason, with some exceptions, but like. Yeah, PS4, I cannot see PS5's architecture being so radically different unless they're just insane yeah. and want to repeat the mistakes of PS3 that it won't can't it, like it won't inherently just be backwards compatible with PS4 stuff. Like yeah, you're like I feel like this is going to be the norm going forward. Yeah. There's just like I think Nintendo and Microsoft are positioned better to like not have that cutoff, especially like through their digital libraries where Sony hasn't fully embraced that yet. They've given us like glimpses with uh their uh, the cloud service to play over streaming uh, position now. Yeah. Yes, thank you. They they gave us glimpses of that and like okay, and then they're like, oh yeah, remember the, all the stuff PS two and PS one classics used to be able to buy. Well, they're not quite all there. Yeah, yet. I remember like, that that yeah. PS two to PS four yeah. hashtag movement yep. that is just like over. Yep, it's, it's done. Like, uh, okay, thanks for that Dragon Quest eight. So PS four yeah. <laughs> release. Like, come but, on. I mean, to answer this question, like I I like what Nintendo's doing. In fact. I don't want them for the foreseeable future. I don't want a two device future. Like they can keep doing what they want with 3ds. That's fine. I don't want them making a six another system that is like here's Switch and then there's something else that's not Switch. It's trying to be something else. Yeah. I feel like just continuously updating Switch, either just like new new model Switch two. It's like okay, yeah, there'll be some crossover for a little while, but eventually you're gonna have to make that upgrade or the incremental step where it's like. It'll run on both for like throughout the rest of this lifespan, but like once we go the step above the Switch Pro, you're gonna have to Switch upgrade. Pro. So it's just about the time you're gonna give consumers to be like enjoy their product. And they've said they they're kind of want to move away from the five to six year lifespan that Nintendo has been like almost clockwork with. I think Wii U was like the first console to make like break that cycle because it was shorter. Yeah. Because it was like NES to like Super Nintendo was kind of close to that. Mm-hmm. And Super Nintendo N64 was like five years. GameCube was five years after that. Wii was five years after that. Then uh, just a little over five years later was Wii U. But then less than that was like Switch. Yeah. So when we've seen some of these like PS4 and Xbox One, they've definitely been longer than five years. Like, do you think... Year six. Do you think we will see... A new console will be announced this year. 
Um, from I, anyone? From Xbox? From Microsoft? I really Sony, doubt Nintendo. it. I really doubt I can it. only see. I can only see it happening at PSX at the end of the year for PlayStation Five, and that's going to be the start of their year-long roll into it. If it comes out in the end of 2019, mm-hmm. they might decide to do it instead of doing a weird February event. They already have PSX established now. Just do it. At, do it there. Do it a month and a half earlier at E3 PSX. Hype and then next. They PSX. just started like a month and a half earlier, which is not the end of the world. They did a February to fall cycle before, mm-hmm. so did Microsoft. It's like, but at the same time, I I think I with these, these mid gen consoles, like they've gotten themselves in this position where even though it has been a, a five years already, that it feels too soon. It feels too soon to start talking about PlayStation Five. Everyone always points out though that like the PS4 Pro is not real 4K. I don't know. What... No, it's not. But it's not. But it's not getting You're hammered by Xbox One get... uh, X though, or anything like that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's still d- still doing very well. So there's not like mm-hmm. no one's really forcing them to do it. The only thing I can see is in like next year or so, PC gaming getting so much better and ahead that that gap grows again. Like especially new Nvidia cards are a big enough leap mm-hmm. that and with 4K gaming becoming more prevalent in PC gaming, it's gonna be like all right, Sony. Like it's been a, like PC's kind of moved away, a little bit too far beyond you. That might dictate it, but mm-hmm. like 2019, I don't see Sony having to do it. I don't. I'm not saying it's impossible. I could see end right. of 2019. I think 2020 is the year that you more realistically should start expecting. Yeah. And you don't hear anything about any new consoles this year. Okay. Like probably that would be my guess. Chill. And for form a switch, I think you, you aren't hearing anything about a new switch until like beyond 2020, and it would just be like an update to a switch. Like yeah. the, the, what uh, what was proposed in the Patreon post question. I I can see that happening. Like they're not gonna ditch old Switch right away when they make the upgrade. No, and they can continue supporting it. And it's I I feel like almost the incremental. I mean, like, yeah, like right now you look be, at the 3DS yeah. market and they're like yeah. really aggressively um, targeting like the you know those cheaper and models, more durable models. You know, for yeah, the, for younger people and yeah. just for just people that just like want to grab a system. You know, and, and I I think the same kind of thing is gonna happen with Switch. They're gonna. I don't know what they can do to simplify it and make it cheaper, but like that is going to happen uh, down the, the road. Yeah, the current yeah. model, and then you know we get the new version with the but pre- I think, pressure. But cutters. you know, like if you also look at like the way that worked out before we got to that point, we got the the new 3ds, right? Yeah, the new 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 3ds. So we'll probably yeah yeah we will probably will get 2DS. some other <laughs> upgraded beefier version of the Switch. Oh, yeah, um, sure. And then we'll start getting the the slimming slimming down. Definitely, yeah, I, I agree. Like we we know how Nintendo does this. Like I expect them to Clock follow. Work. I expect them to follow that. Just it might not happen as soon as you expect it to. Mm-hmm. Like it might be drawn out a little longer. Um, but that's gonna wrap it up. Uh, again, thank you for those questions. And if you'd like to submit a question for next uh, episode of Friend Code. Uh, the week that we will be recording, I'll put up a pay, uh, Patreon post for $5 and up patrons to submit your questions. And uh, I'll try and select at least two, possibly more, depending on time, that we will answer an episode just like this. Um, I also want to thank both of you for joining me today on Friend Code. Really good discussions. Pleasure. Had a really good time. Um, this probably might be our longest episode besides like the big E3 preview episode. So um, hope you like that too. Let me know in the, the feedback. But other than that, so wrap it up here with uh, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.